This is the first episode of Losing Lost. It's a retrospective podcast about ABC's Lost by retrospective. We mean we've seen it all before. So, major spoilers ahead. Now you So, uh, do you do you want do you want to say it first? <laughs> what I, I don't you know I, I was debating saying it with the accent or not, but I don't think I can do it without it. Uh, but uh, welcome to the pod, brother. Welcome to the podcast, brother. All right, here's what this podcast is. This will be you and I talking about the ABC drama Lost, uh, which first aired in 2004 and ended in 2010. We'll be talking about our experiences with the show, our criticisms and critiques, uh, the things we loved, the things we hated, basically what the show meant to us and, and why we're still fixating on it all of these years later. And it has been all these years later. It's been over a decade. So we should probably introduce ourselves. Would you Would you like to go first, brother? <laughs> all right. Yeah. I'm uh, Derek Hobson, the younger brother. And what what right or authority do I have to talk about this? None. Uh, but <laughs> I, uh, at one time, was a TV and radio broadcasting major, short-lived. Um, <laughs> and uh, I've read a lot of the books that are featured in Lost, although I don't know that that means anything. Yeah, we're going to get into uh, that. We're definitely going to talk about that. <laughs> I mean, I think it does go back to like, this is, I've watched a lot of TV since, both good and bad. And it's just Lost is the one that like, it, just even on those brief moments alone in the car, driving to go get groceries, something pops in, in my head and I'm like, oh yeah, you know, they did do that well. <laughs> or uh, or the opposite will happen where it's like, God, you know, I just, I wish, I wish that Claire had a purpose or, you know, something, something, uh, to that. Or if, you know, they didn't fixate on her birth so much that they show it in the show three times. Is it three times that they actually go through the, her entire birth? God, I don't, I don't know. There, I'm, I'm pretty uh, sure. So uh, there's in the first season, it happens like the whole season has been building up to it. Then Sawyer, when they're time traveling in season five, Sawyer is in the bushes watching her and then she oh, yeah. gives birth again in the limbo afterlife in the last episode. This will be a spoiler show because we are looking at this show as a retrospective with the, the idea that we have both seen it several times, I think. Well, and I, I feel like that'll um, that'll play into, and for anyone still listening, uh, <laughs> this is a, a list of questions that, w- that we'll go over here to, to offer a little bit of structure to this. But um uh, like uh, that, because I, I do think that the retrospective part play. I, it was funny in reading both my uh, my the questions uh, that I prepared and the questions you prepared. I'm like, we we simultaneously covered it's like presently. How do we remember these things as well yeah. as like now looking forward on the retrospective? What are we gonna be looking at? Okay, sorry. Please introduce yourself, brother. Oh my God, that's right. We're still doing this. Uh, okay, my name is Piers Nagian, the older brother. I I watched Lost. I watched a lot of Lost, and uh, and it really, I got into Lost later than the first season, and then like stuck with it long after most of my friends and family had given up on it. You know, when it was just sort of like people were like, oh, are you you're still watching that show? And it was like, yeah, yeah, no, I am, because because it's going somewhere, because I listen to their podcast every single week. I listen to Damon Lindelof and Carlson Cuse and. And I believe everything they say, and um, <laughs> more fool me. So, Derek, tell us, how did you originally hear about the show, and uh, what got you to watch it? Thank you for the introduction. I, I, um, <laughs> I'm very excited to talk about this, because you got me to watch it. And specifically... I'd forgotten if, uh, I, if I had, or if you had like come to it independently. Now, you, because you either, you brought... Either got the as a gift the first season or brought home the first season, mm-hmm. and I had no idea what it was. And and at this point in my life, I don't think I'd actually, I don't think I had watched a live action show. 
I think I was still. This is exactly what I was going to talk about. So go on. But this is this is a big thing for me as well. And this is this is why we're doing this. Okay, so you go on. Keep talking. I remember you telling me the only piece of this that I really remember is you telling me that it's a mystery show. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that part was very elusive to me because I'm like, how do you how do you do a mystery show where every episode is part of the mystery? Because I'm like, I I could understand if like one episode is a mystery, but not every single episode. Yeah. And you're like, well, that's you kind of have to watch it to figure it out. And I specifically remember watching it or the first episode because you had mentioned too that you have to pay attention to everything. And <laughs> specifically, the first episode starts. Jack's in the forest passes by a tree with a shoe and i'm like oh is the shoe is that and like kind of tongue-in-cheek but being like is that shoe important and you're like no and then you pause for me and you're like i mean i guess it maybe like like as like a as though it's like maybe this is something that would come up later and as far as i know i don't think that shoe ever comes back but um i remember thinking like huh interesting but then of course you get to the plane crash and like immediately sucks you in yeah uh much like the turbine yes but, uh, literally <laughs> But yeah, no, that that I think that was how I started. And I think we just wound up plowing through the, the first season, mm-hmm. of, like most of that day. And, and, and again, just being shocked, too, that this was a 44 minute long show, yeah. whereas like most of my stuff that I was watching was like 10 to 15 minutes long uh, <laughs> for an episode. So, uh, yeah, just immediately very gripping. So I want to uh, I want to jump yeah. on that, too, because this is something that. I was trying to, I was, try, I was, when I knew that we were going to record this, I've been going over in my mind, if this was actually the case, that this was the first live action TV show that I actually watched consistently. And I'm, I'm almost 100% certain that it was. So growing up, we didn't really watch, so we watched TV, but we watched like cartoons. We watched movies, we watched a lot of movies, but we didn't really have TV shows that we watched week to week, like waiting, like coming home and specifically like making time to like watch it. Like I remember, I remember coming home late at night from like theater rehearsals or something and like watching old episodes of Quantum Leap on sci-fi and like falling asleep on the couch. I remember doing that, but I had never, there had never really been a TV show. Like we, we had watched so much Toonami. We'd watched like a lot of Cartoon Network, you know, we'd watched like a lot of anime Usually that we'd like rented from like a Tower Records, but I, I, never... I specifically made a call out to Tower Records, <laughs> uh, which I just think is funny. So yeah, it it was the first one, and the thing is, it was so I I made sure to write down the dates here because I wanted to make sure I got this right. Season one premiered September twenty second two thousand four. I started college in fall two thousand five. I was told about the show by a friend of mine named David. Shout out to David who I think had burned the whole first season onto like a DVR and gave it to me um, when I, when I was in college and he was like, you should watch the show. And I was like, you know, I really don't watch TV shows. Like TV shows are, are dumb because that was, you know, going into college. That was the, that was the level of enlightenment that I had reached. And, and I know a big thing about loss is that it sort of blew up serialized television in a big way, which, you know, we can get to later, but so I remember like popping in the DVD and watching it and just like from like start to finish, like that pilot episode, I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll watch this. I'll watch I'll watch I'll watch all of this. And then like, you know, watching the other episodes and then getting to the block episode and just being like, holy shit, I'm I'm so I'm so primed for this. Um, I'm so engaged. Um, and then I remember I, I must have brought it to you then and just been like, all right, well, we got to watch this. We got to watch this show. And so that was, yeah, that was the full first season. And then I think by the time we were caught up, I think it was when season two starts. Season two started in September 2005. So like when I had started college. So I think I had caught up by like the middle of the second season or no, no, I take that back. I remember this very vividly. I actually, I, it took me all the way up to the season two finale to catch up with the show. And I remember watching the finale at home, maybe with you, the, when they're in the hatch and they don't press the button. Uh, so that was, so the first episode that I watched live on TV was the season two finale. That's awesome. I, I that was the part that I, I was having trouble piecing because yeah, I, I couldn't remember. I know that I, I 
by the time I started season three, I know I was at college and I didn't have a way to watch it. Yeah. Um, and I remember uh, because that first stint at college only took I was only there for a semester. Um, and I remember being like, oh, yeah, well, the first six episodes are like on a I think it was like on ABC.com or whatever it was. It was um, ter- there had a player. ABC had a player that you could use after the show had gone live. And it was the worst. It was terrible. It was the most buggy thing. And I remember this because I remember in season three, the episode where Locke gets pushed out the window. I had been waiting for this because they showed it in the trailers. And I was on a date. I remember being on a date with a lovely girl and the whole time thinking, like, I'm I'm missing Lost and I got to get home. And... I remember like coming home late that night and and booting up the ABC website and trying to watch it and the thing just like would not load and I would I I literally watched it like in five minute spurts like that's that's that was that was how deep I was into this. <laughs> well then yeah I and I feel like that answers then the the kind of the second que- or the follow up question of like how did you watch it which I, I I believe yeah it was like by certainly by season three I was watching every week. Uh, whether through the ABC player or not torrenting it and then watching it <laughs> through <laughs> another means. But yeah, and I, and I believe that for me, that, that definitely continued through to the finale of the sixth season. Was that, and I, was that the same for you? Yes. Although, so the I want to say for the first, for the first three seasons for sure, and then maybe for the first four seasons, I remember the show was big enough that there was usually somebody probably usually like several people in the dorms where I was living who you could like round up to like watch like the show. I remember freshman year, sophomore year, a little bit of junior year. You could like find any, you could find somebody who had a TV who was willing to watch lost. And, and then after that though, it was really like, you know, you, you had to just find your own means. I'm trying to remember where and how I saw season six. And I honestly can't remember. It was probably somewhere online. I was pro- actually, it was probably, nope. You know what? This this is great. I, this is unlocking a whole bunch of memory for me. Do you remember Mega Video? Oh, yes. Mega Video, uh, for those who don't know or who were too young to know, Mega Video was a site where you could basically watch lots of stuff that that you should you're supposed to be paying for. And if you could store like a whole like show or movie, like in a mega video file and you could like watch it. Yeah. I probably watched the majority of season six on mega video, to be honest. I remember finding some sort of New Zealand site <laughs> that would play it. And the, the downside was of course that either the audio would be slightly off. Oh my God. Which, yeah. I like, Oh, yeah, even it's like, how much do I love this show? If it's yeah, yeah. it's uh yeah, that stuff's oh, so painful. Or it would be heavily pixelated, which yeah. um was especially in the you know jungle scenes. It, it uh, yep. could could be very difficult. But um, <laughs> I I do distinctly remember uh, because at this point I was in. Uh, I remember watching the finale, doing one of the finale parties. Mm-hmm. Of course, at the time, I remember enjoying the finale immensely up until the last five minutes. I remember that was the whole church thing. The, the, like that. Well, well, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about that. That's, that's the experience. So basically like for at least four years actively was definitely a, uh, all consuming week over week, summer over summer show. Yeah. 100%. My senior year of college, I remember being on vacation with my significant other at the time. And like we made sure that we booked a room that had a TV so that we could watch the episode when it came out. But I remember it was the episode where, yes, it was a season five episode that ends with Saeed shooting young Ben and just, just being like, what, how, and I was still, I was still so in love with that show. I, I think this is a good point actually to talk about probably both of our questions, which is how did your feelings about the series change over time? But you're, you're, number one question, which was, uh, how did you feel about the finale of the show? So I'll, I'll let you take that. How I felt about the finale. I really enjoyed it up until the last five minutes. I remember that so distinctly. Like I remember watching Jack wind up a punch 
as he jumps off the cliff and punches Locke. <laughs> Feeling real good about that. Um, and I also remember, yeah, like Jack stumbling through the woods, you know, dying. Mm-hmm. Feeling pretty good about that. I just, I do remember the whole church thing and, and the flash sideways. Uh, I think partly because at this point I was, I was almost certain. Uh, and actually, I, I don't remember if this com- came from you or if this came from a book, but I remember reading about the, the Aust- it's apparently specific to Australia. There's the religion of the dreaming. Did you tell me about this? I know we've talked about the dreaming. It's okay. Aboriginal belief. Yeah. And so, and I was so certain that at that point, it's like, oh, no wonder they flew from Australia to LA so they could do the, the dreaming, that this was like a, uh, or yeah, because you met, I, now I remember, okay, I think I read about this in the, the Houston Smith book, Why Religion Matters. And I think when I brought it up to you, you mentioned how the Max, the comic book, mm-hmm. that that apparently that's like why, like, because I remember watching, again, talking about cartoons, that was one of the animated movies or shows that we saw that like, there was a primal max and there was also max in the real world. Yeah. And I, it was, that was far too heady for me. I just remember being like, this animation looks cool. Um, (laughs) That, that cartoon is still too heavy for me as a 36 year old man. (laughs) Um, That show was wild. I, I, well, was it only two episodes or was that just the beginning? You know what? I think it was like six episodes from MTV and it would be, like it was like it was almost like a motion comic at times and then it would like suddenly have like really cool very disturbing animation and then it would go back to like just a still frame for like a minute and a half but yeah i i um i thought that 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 like that idea of like the dreaming and you know in these flash sideways where you're getting these more suitable lives for the most part i remember there was a couple caveats yeah oh they did do it. And yeah. And then, so when it turned out that it was like, no, this is, this is the actual, this purgatory, they're all dead. It's like, Oh, <laughs> so that was extremely deflating. And I really did. I was like, man, if they had ended the show before everyone goes into a church, I think it would have been fine. Really? Uh, yeah. That was the, that was the thing. Like that was the, that was your, that was your cutoff point. Yeah. Cause I, I really did enjoy everything that was happening up until that point. Well, I say enjoy. Because uh, I'm sure we'll get to it as we get to the seasons, but uh, and I also I partly blame anime for this, but you know, <laughs> animes and video games, and specifically Japanese video games, they have a tendency to do like mixed metaphors where they will talk about things in a very blunt term, like Sonic Adventure Two. Uh, who is this? The military organization? They're called Gun. They're the bad guys. It's like, oh, got, got it, got it. Uh, like, hit you over the head with it. But then they'll also do stuff that then gets very metaphysical, and it's always the stuff that apparently everyone else either understands or glosses over. Because I remember playing Final Fantasy VII, and you know, another actually, that probably just should have started with this as the example, but um, their military group is called Soldier. And they're the bad guy, you know. But then at one point, they, you know, you find out that the main character is a clone of another character who has absorbed the memories of the person he was cloned after. And I'm like, this doesn't make your what is, is that? Happening? That's the plot of Final and Fantasy VII. I've never been I, clear on the. I don't. I don't want to. In case anyone listens to this and is a, I'm sure because I know that has that diehard fan. Um, I don't, I don't, I can't pretend to know the plot of final. I, this was a while ago, but I mentioned this because it was that kind of stuff where it's like, they would beat you over the head with something so blunt where it's like, oh, they joined soldier to become soldiers. Um, right. but then give this thing of like, how do you unravel this? And I feel like lost, especially with the finale was very much like that, where you get Jacob being like, oh, and this Island is like a cork. And then you find out, <laughs> oh, oh, you were being literal. Yeah. It's literally a cork. And and that's kind of uh, that was the kind of stuff where I'm like I I don't think it needed to be a literal cork. That seems like I don't know what happened there. But yeah, I feel like they did a lot of stuff like that where yeah, you know, and 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 I know or I'm there's sure. like a wheel that you actually turn to move the the island through time. Like yes, it's, it's an I, actual donkey wheel that you. <laughs> I'm I'm going to move the island. Oh oh, literally. Like, so remembering um, now, doesn't Ben say something to Locke where he's just Locke is like, "Where's the such and such?" And Ben's like, "Oh, it was a metaphor, John." But then it turns out it wasn't yes. a metaphor. What am I thinking of? 
he was like, imagine there's a box that would like grant you right the box. box. Yes. And then that's and, oh man, I can't wait to get to that. That's oh. yeah. Like the box is a metaphor, John. It's like don't talk to him like he's an idiot. No, nothing makes sense on this stupid island. You can't you can't be like oh it's a it's a are you dumb dumb. It's, uh, okay. Anyway, I, continue well, please. I, sorry. That'll be a no no. That, I mean I, I think that's the thing is like yeah it's like it's um it, it, at least for me I only ever encountered this with mostly like the the animes the Japanese media where it was like you would either get something that is very blunt or something that is so tangled and i feel like lost did a lot of those types of tropes especially towards the end where yeah it, it's either it is literally a cork and yeah and so I, I think that the ending for me didn't it didn't fulfill what i felt that it promised but as far as how i've softened to this over time i still i i think i've rewatched the first season four or five times all the way through yeah and i stand by it that i think that's one of the like just I feel like that season is great. I think everything in there, uh, the ideas, the, the I mean, because I, and this is part of the longevity of it. It, what I loved about this, especially in hindsight, is how that idea that, you know, in a, in a writer's room, when you have that brainstorming session, you have that blue sky session of like, this show can be anything. Even if you're writing a medical drama, you know, you can, be like, oh, did you guys see Tiger King? How can we work that? And, you know, like, it's it, it, like ideas are just bouncing off the walls. Not only do you have like this diverse cast, but you also have like each episode can be a different genre of Saeed's can be like a war or action show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hurley's turns it into a sitcom. Uh, Kate's can make it into a heist. And you have all these different genres jam packed into into one show that doesn't feel inconsistent and um i loved that as a playground that i i really like i had no idea what to expect but there was this like through line that that would keep you coming back anyway because it's like oh it's all tied together uh um, you do you do remind me that that really was the the initial draw of the series is that literally like every single episode could be a different thing and as the show progressed it really became its own lost thing but like those first like two seasons in particular really like you didn't know what kind of show you were going to, you could get like a heist, you could get rock star biopic, dark, you know, con man drama. Yeah. I mean, uh, truthfully, I think the only other show that's ever done that is a, is community where, and again, that was one of the major appeals is how each episode is a different genre. But I, I think the, I mean, I think there's a couple major differences, one of which being this difference between like a 22 minute show and a 44 minute show. <laughs> But also that, you know, ultimately community is a parody. So like they can take their characters to, to and sandwich them into a template because mm. they're trying to poke fun at Law and Order or something. Whereas because Lost ultimately treated itself like a drama, it still worked structurally, even if like, again, like Hurley's episodes, I think in, in particular, just so sitcom-y in nature, but it still, it didn't feel out of place. Or like they were trying to squeeze him into a template. So I, I think that's one of the things that in terms of like how, uh, you know, basically being disappointed in the finale, but in terms of how I feel about it over time, I think that's something that I, I really enjoy. And I wish I wish more shows went to that extreme of like, this can be anything. <laughs> uh, but yeah, how, how did uh, how did you how did you feel about the finale? And and, uh, and how do you feel about the series now? So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna bring up the thing that I I think we've talked about maybe the most about this show, which is that my main issue with the finale because I actually I think I liked the finale in parts. There were things that I there were things that I wanted from the show that I realized watching the finale that I wasn't gonna get. What we've talked about the most I think about the show is that it was always purgatory. It was always meant to be. So season one, I firmly believe the island was purgatory. All these people died in the plane. And mostly because not only was were things just like weird and off, but also whenever somebody would like have like a, a big character moment in the show, you know, throughout the show, um, you know, whenever they would like basically, you know, sort out their baggage and like, you know, reach – you know, a a therapeutic breakthrough, they would die. And it was, you know, I had always thought that it was basically like 
that's what the island is. It's a place where you go after death to basically finish your unfinished business to like let go of the stuff that you're holding on to. Now that doesn't explain like, you know, why the pilot gets just murdered. (laughs) But you know, maybe that was, you know, maybe that was, he finished what he had to do. But anyway, I think the writers of the show saw how much buzz the show was getting online. They were visiting the forums. They were seeing that everybody's like, Oh, well it's purgatory. Right. And decided, no, no, we're not going to do what everybody thinks. We're going to change it up. The island is totally on Earth. So what made me upset about the finale was that you you basically, it's still the same idea. You just took six seasons to get there. Like, you, <laughs> like these people were always going to end up in a purgatory, you know, type place where they could sort out their shit. It's just... You know, you didn't want the internet to be smarter than you, so you took the most like the most zigzagging route possible to get there. And I remember talking. I remember having conversations with people, like people who like had given up on the show or thought they were better than the show, and they were always asking me, like, "So they were dead the whole time, right?" And I was like, "No, okay. So in the show, no, they weren't dead the whole time. They were in the they were on the island. The island was real, and then they died, and then they then they were dead." Um, if you were like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, but I think, but I think they originally were dead, but then they weren't dead. And so it, it would never, it would never be worth it to explain to somebody who didn't watch the show. Cause again, and I, you know, I'll try to do some more research on this and really get into, cause I remember lost was everybody was talks about. It was the beginning of sort of the golden age of television that it really opened up series to the doing this kind of storytelling, like that, you know, you, you didn't have to do standalone episodes. Like you really could actually do this, you know, series long myth arc. Um, I don't, did you ever watch the X-Files? Some of it. So the X-Files predated lost by many, many years. And they would have two different kinds of episodes. They would have monster of the week episodes, which were the majority of the episodes. And they would have the mythology episodes and the mythology episodes would be the big, big episodes where it's like all of the shadowy government stuff. And like in the X-Files, because this was very early days, you know, you might only have like a handful of mythology episodes that like tie everything together in a season. Like that at the time, you know, people were sort of like, you know, it was really risky. It was really bold um, to do something like that because outside of doing like a, a season finale where you'd have like a two-part episode, like – And I remember reading this about Star Trek as well, where like, you know, networks were like really scared of doing like two part episodes. It's like people need to be able to tune in every single week, not knowing anything and not feel lost. Um, Oh, hey, that's the name of the show. (laughs) Um, And so Lost was like a big gamble to say, you know, we're going to it's going to be one big, long story. And I've completely forgotten where I was going. with this. (laughs) I'm sorry. No, no, I well, because I, I think um, if you'll if you'll permit me, I think I know where you're yeah, going. Yeah, go, go so for we're it. We're talking about how you think this was starting, you think this was purgatory, and then everyone caught on, and they were like, "Well, I, let's get out of this uh, corner." And then you went into the the X Files and stuff, and I, I think that what we get with like pretty much the first, I, I'll call it the first two and a half seasons, even though it's really like the first six episodes of the third season, but like you know the <laughs> yes. the whole cages thing, like basically yes. like that was where the they finally like. The, the two uh, opposing forces converged yeah. or rubber rubber meets the paper, whatever you call it. I, I think that they had purgatory. They also knew they had a hit. And so I, I'm sure that it was partly the network being like, okay, so keep this going. And they're like, Oh, well then it's not. I, I think it's simultaneously like writers being like, how do we get them out of purgatory? Yeah. Um, and then also being like, also, how do we just keep this going if it's purgatory and yeah. everyone already knows it. And so I imagine those two things came to get ca- like basically. Uh, yeah, because then you have the argument. It's like if they're always dead, you know, how does any of this matter? It's sort of like if if the movie, if like a movie is all like a dream, you know, why does any of it matter? And to that, I say, uh, you know, it's about character growth and spirituality and, uh, you know, morals and uh, philosophy. But to which I think a network executive would say that's all nonsense, which, you know, it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I, and I definitely, I, I think that that's something that I, I, I struggle with a bit. I, there was, um, I remember reading, it was like, it was some guy published a thing. I remember where he, he called it when you, when you jump on a journey like this, it was something that, you know, you know, especially when the creators are constantly saying that there's a plan. Yeah. 
that, you know, it's not so much the Schrodinger's cat or like what's in the box kind of thing that's exciting. But he's like, you know, if someone is telling you a riddle, you expect there to be an answer to the riddle. It's right. not, you can't just like be like, oh, what's black and white and red all over? It's like uh, newspaper. No, keep guessing. And you know, <laughs> there has to be an answer because you're you, you're trying to piece it together. And so if the other person isn't going to bother. Uh, so you, why you did you waste up. my time? Why did you do this? Yeah. <laughs> what are you, so why, I, are you a madman? I, I, I think that that's where some of it comes from. And I, I like, like you were saying too, about like what, what you want the show to be versus like what, what it was. Mm-hmm. I go back and forth on the purgatory thing. Cause I definitely see it from that perspective of like, yeah, if everyone's dead, what, what is the point? Yeah. But, uh, and I'm sure, especially when I started watching it, I feel like I would definitely not be like, I, I don't care. They're dead. <laughs> um, but I will say that, yeah, as someone certainly that is older and cares about the more heady conversations of like, what is faith? What is? Yeah, the show. I think what, def, things about this definitely hit differently being in middle age now. Yeah. Yeah. To where like, yeah, and I think that's especially true of like, you know, I, I think it would make more sense in terms of why so many people want to get off the island. Because I do think that that's something I struggle with. And I know it, it's something I'm looking forward to in rewatching is like, what, why would anyone leave? <laughs> um, like, and I, I think specifically, like, I remember so... I think even at the time, the Michael Walt thing was the one that was most apparent to me as like, hey, Walt doesn't have to go to school. Michael doesn't have to work. You guys have all <laughs> the time in the world to bond yeah. together. Why would you want to leave? Yeah. Um, and, I, and I am really curious as to – and like if it's purgatory and like it's like, well, we, we don't want to be dead. I think that there's a way to make that argument of like, well, yeah, how do we get, how do we get back? Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I also think, you know – Rose and Bernard ha- had the right of it. Where it's like, guys, just it's Warner Beach. Hang yeah, out. that's exactly that's exactly what I was gonna say. Like having them at the end, just be like, no, we're retired. Like we're not playing your game anymore. It's always the same six really pretty people getting into all this drama. It's like, no, we have the dog. We built a nice home. We're gonna stay here, and we're not gonna we're not gonna fight. We're we're fine. <laughs> we're fine. <laughs> That's also, sorry, just briefly, speaking of the dog, and because I realized, I wrote this in my notes, um, and I forgot to mention it, but in the same vein of, like, you know, Hurley's thing can be a sitcom, Saeed can be an action movie, you know, all that stuff, I realized, like, Lost is also the only show that I know where if you had told me that the whole show was happening through the dog's (laughs) eyes, like, I remember there's at least two fan theories out there that were extremely compelling about the dog being integral to the whole plot of the show. And I was like, I think that's what makes it so different is that what's wild about that is that when you play Silent Hill 2, and if you were to get like the dog ending, you get that it's a joke. Yeah, It's not like, oh, this is what the creator It's like, no, it's a, it's a gag. But if Lost had done that, where it's like, oh, Vincent is controlling the Swan Station, you'd be like, oh, oh, yeah. Like you'd actually like be like, no, yeah, that makes sense. I think, yeah, me, I... So I think one of the greatest moments in Lost and one of the most frustrating moments in Lost, and I'm probably going to say this about every single episode, is the season six episode with Allison Janney, where she's like the mom of uh, Jacob and the man in black, who the the lady gets to the island pregnant, and, and, sh- and she's asking Allison Janney all these questions. And Allison Janney says, every answer I give you will just lead to another question. And on the one hand, it's the writers telling the audience, nothing we ever tell you is going to be good enough. And that's, that's, you're, you're right. You're absolutely right. That's fine. That's fair. But on the other hand, like you're saying with the riddle, you got to tell me something. The answer can't be, it's just a smoke monster. And that's what it is. Really? That's, that's, that's the, that's what I've been waiting for. Well, and, and, that that I mean, I think that that's also a big part of it is that there are certain things that, you know, if the smoke monster appeared in a single episode mm-hmm. and and later on, like, you know, six years later, they're like, oh, that was just a smoke monster on the island. I'd be like, oh, I mean, weird, but OK, <laughs> because that's how I feel about like Kate seeing a horse. Yeah. Because I'm like, why? What was, was that horse there? And it's like, I, I think someone else sees the horse. So it's like, oh, OK. So there was a, there was a horse on the island. But because it was in a one episode and was gone, yeah, 
Not a big mystery, but you bring the smoke monster back a thousand times, and each time it does something slightly different. Like I remember so vividly reading about when it was seemingly like taking pictures of Mr. Echo. Yeah. And it's like, what is going on? Yeah. I'm like, uh, I don't know. He's having a moment. Like, I just, yeah. Um, it, there's, I remember the, the wiki for lost we could talk about like in its own episode because it became such a huge thing. Like, and I know that the, the wiki goes like, it'll go through every single thing. Is like, was Kate's horse the smoke monster or was it just in her imagination? Was Hurley's imaginary friend the smoke monster or was it just his imagination? It would like, there'd be arguments for arguments against. And I think sometimes like the creators would like clarify like when it was, when it wasn't. And it's like, you know, you can't, <laughs> one of the, you know, one of the big arguments for like, they were just making it up as they go along. Is it like, it's not consistent because sometimes they see stuff on the Island that just is. And sometimes they see stuff that is the smoke monster doing doing stuff just you know messing with people's minds and that's that's frustrating because you want it to all make sense like you want to be able to package this up and say like okay i get it i get what it's doing and instead you you have to you have to do all this mental gymnastics to decide okay oh oh so so it wants this this time but then it decided that it it needed something for that time and yeah, this is one of the things that like I, I was really frustrated. In fact, I honestly think if I hadn't been going week to week, like if I had just been like able to binge the whole series, I um I know season three. Well, I, I almost dropped off because it's a very Ben focused season. Mm-hmm. And Ben is such a gift to the writers in that he can say whatever. <laughs> and it's usually a lie. Yeah, but like having that guy as like the narrative thrust, having an unreliable narrator as your narrative thrust is like, I, yeah, it, it's like actually what you were mentioning earlier about like how he says at one point he's like, imagine there's a box that gives you anything, and then mm-hmm. later it's like, oh no, that was a metaphor. It's like that to me, like that's he is a prime that character. I love that actor, but that character was so so frustrating. Yeah, and I even remember like he lied about like everything yeah like where you'll be like i was born on this island like oh no that wasn't true um or i i distinctly remember when um they're on a plane they're on the the um i forget the name of the the, 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 the new the new plane but the new plane to come back to the island yeah and and jack just is like he's like how can you read right now like knowing that they're going to the island he's like well my mother taught me it's like no she <laughs> she died in shot like that wasn't even, come on like okay um, yeah did he see his mother afterwards was she a ghost or was she the smoke monster? Yeah. <laughs> and like, uh, and yeah, I, I, so I, I think that, um, yeah, cause I, 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 it was, it was frustrating, uh, especially the others. And then there are other others and then yeah. other, other, others, um, if I'm remembering right. And so yeah, there was the, we find out at the, in the sixth season that there's a bunch of other others living at the temple that we've never mentioned or seen, which yes. I think that that was the point, I think for sixth season for me, where I was like, oh, okay. Oh man, I yeah, I well, I'm gonna say because that 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 is a spoiler for one of the questions that uh, that you had, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hold on to that. But okay, <laughs> you mentioned so so Derek, what did you think was the least satisfying arc in the show? Okay, I I have two answers to this question because I felt that it was in the spirit of Lost intentionally vague because I realized that arc could be like you know a story arc. Art could also be like character arc. Um, so I'm going to give one of each in terms okay. of least satisfying. In terms of plot relevance, um, my least satisfying arc is the temple. Suddenly comes out of nowhere, feels like a lot of buildup. And I remember once we get there, I'm like, what are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> what are we doing? We spent three, <laughs> yeah. uh, like three episodes, pretty directionless with a bunch of unlikable characters, new characters. Yep. And then they all die. Yep. And, uh, and there's a magic bath that they give Sayid. Yeah. So that that was my least satisfying plot arc is the temple. I I am not looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, my least satisfying character arc is Kate. Um, uh, start to finish. I I remember when the fifth season was going to come out. She did an interview, uh, Evangeline Lilly. Where she mentioned like that someone had asked, and it seemed like she was pretty much done with the show. Um, but uh, they had asked her like, "What are you hoping to get out of Kate?" And she's like, "You know, I'd really like to see 
who she was um, before she committed this murder. I remember thinking about that and, and realizing that we get not just even like two flash, we get two scenes of Kate before she murders her dad. One mere seconds before she murders her dad, where she's <laughs> simply, what is she like? She takes off his boots and then steps out and he explodes. It's like, oh, okay. And the other one is when she's a child and Jacob sees her and she shoplifts. Oh, yeah. It, it was like, of all the things that you could give us of Kate to show us that maybe she was always kind of a, a bad person or something, you know, like, yeah. I was very, I was so, I, w- I didn't understand why they gave us that at all. I was, I was very, I was much more interested in finding out like, yeah, what was she like before this happened? Yeah. And I guess the reality is I think they probably got scared because, you know, they make it very clear that, you know, Kate says like, you know, and they're like, oh, did your dad touch you? And she's like, he never touched me. And it's like, do they want to leave that enough in the dark? They don't want to, they don't want to, like, I, I don't know if it's that they were too afraid to be like, yes, he did. He did. Or also where they were like, you yeah, know, just leave it up to, you know, whatever. It, but yeah, yeah. Kate, it's so frustrating because you, her, her introduction, you know, in the first season and probably the second season too, where she's this very self-reliant, very gray, morally gray character. And by the end of the show, her entire character is basically just, she's just part of the love triangle between Jack and Sawyer. And it's, I mean, it's terrible. It's terrible to see like the only like really prominent female character on the show is reduced to that. And all of this agency that she should have had, you know, being somebody who's been on the run her whole life and really should be able to handle pretty much anything that, you know, most of the Islanders throw at her is just reduced to crying and screaming for Sawyer or Jack. And yes, I think I would probably agree that it's Kate. Although I also think that Saeed just, I mean, we've talked about this, you know, before, before the podcast where it's like, I truly think that, his art, he should have died at the end of season five. I think that the, I'm not saying it's a good, I'm not saying it's a good arc, but I'm saying that like the idea that Saeed in trying to fix the many, many things that have gone wrong in his life lowers himself to shooting a child who hasn't done anything to then have him, you know, meet his end by that child's father, like shooting him and him just, you know, sort of like just saying to the others, like, you know, you, you can't change fate. I regret this. You know, it would have been not great. Great's the wrong way to put it, but it would have been more on a story level. It would have been more satisfying to like, you know, if he doesn't die at the end of season five, like the big, like the whole first episode of season six is just him where we just see like, he's, he's, he knows he's dying and he basically is making his peace with the remaining characters. And he's here on this Island and he, you know, talks about his life and all that. But, you know, because you have, you know, all of these, all of these actors eventually got, you know, sort of locked into these contracts, which I think is also what happened with uh, Desmond. They can't write them off because they, they have to, they have to be there till the end. You have characters that stick around longer than they should. Yeah. I remember, I remember seeing like, like you were talking about like behind the scenes interviews with Kate or Evangeline Lilly, where she, I remember her talking about being like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to do acting anymore. I think, uh, I think I'm going to go off and do some philanthropy. You know, just you could see like just the toll that this show took on everybody, except for Naveen Andrews, who every single interview from even like season one on was just kind of like, he's like, yeah, whatever. I just do the show. I don't watch it. I don't, uh, I don't know what's going on. I just, I just read the lines that they give me. I don't care. Before I linger too long on the Saeed thing, let me ask you the same question, which is what, what would you consider to be the least satisfying arc? Oh man. Because is it Saeed or, or is it is it something? Because I know, like, obviously his ending, I think, like, season five on, I think, is just a mess. But, uh, yeah, I am curious if that is what you would consider to be the least satisfying or if there was something. I don't want this to be <laughs> – I knew you were going to ask this question, and I and I still don't really have a good answer. I think on one hand, my answer is Desmond because he's possibly my favorite character – and for me, his story absolutely ends at the end of season four. He gets together with Penny. He gets off the island. Done. If this were a, a book, like if this were a book series, like that would be the end of his book. You'd never hear from him again. And that's great. Because there has to be, prior to us finding out that all of these characters have been 
brought here for a reason and they all could be the next Jacob or whatever. My idea was always that people come to the island for a reason. They need they're drawn there because either the island needs something from them or they need something from the island. And I mean, the constant is hands down. I mean, it's the top rated episode on like Rotten Tomatoes. I'm pretty sure if not the pilot, it's the one that most people like point to is like great. It's it's my favorite episode. I mean, it's it's and I know that that's not a that's not a hot take. It's it's a great episode of television and you need all four previous seasons to to get to that point to for it to matter for it to mean something and to see him get together with penny at the end and be like oh it's so great and then season five rolls around and like there's like that scene of him like on the boat talking to his kid and you're like oh huh that's okay so he's oh, i guess maybe he's just back for an episode it's like no 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 he's, he's gonna be sticking around and then he comes back for season six and you're like oh wait oh oh okay oh you know, and the reason that was, you know, they wrote that in was like, you know, because he'd been in the hatch when it exploded or whatever, like he's the only one who can pick up the plug or whatever. It's fine. Again, one of the things that I'll talk about a lot is just it's a frustrating thing to have what feels like a decent end to a story um, or a decent plot beat. And then remember, like, oh, no, this is a TV show. All of these people have contracts. They they have to, you know, they have to pound out like 20 episodes a season, at least for the first few. You can't just let it be so yeah i yeah. I, I still and uh and again i, I there's one of the things i'm actually looking forward to is, is seeing season six uh because i only ever watched i think each of those episodes once um because i actually i think I same remember. actually i don't i don't think i've rewatched season six okay well i mean then i mean i think that'll be really exciting for us but i think i've rewatched the I also, finale but not not the not the whole season i've never seen the epilogue with the, the hurley ben stuff wait 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 uh, wait hold on hold on you have not. I have not. I have heard of uh, the the events. I'm I'm told it's very very good. This is this is new information to me. You've never not I, you've never seen it. Never seen it. Oh well, I'm glad I haven't said anything because I was gonna I was gonna talk. Oh man, I I mean that's that's the show that Lost was where they had to they had to basically put out an extra 15 minute episode that basically like wraps up a bunch of questions that people had. Yeah, the epilogue's oh. fun. I actually, I, I really enjoy the epilogue. Well, great. I, uh, well, I, hmm. Well, okay, so go on. I'm. This is great. Uh, <laughs> I actually, de- I had in my notes here that Desmond was one of my, similarly, one of my least uh, satisfied. But, like, I, I I don't remember where his story ends. Like, I, I know they, they like you said, they kind of drag him back. But I, I can don't, tell, I don't I can tell you, I, I think I remember exactly how it ends. He he comes back to the actual island in, in reality pulls the plug out, like helps Jack and then just fucks off. He just like leaves. And then in the, in the purgatory afterlife, he beats the hell out of Ben in like a parking lot. And, um, and then he's there at the church at the end. That's what I remember is that that's, <laughs> it's one of, one of the many Ben beatdowns that actually, that start off cathartic in the show. And then by the end, I always felt like, I was just like, can we leave Ben alone? Like, I know he's a dick, but like, <laughs> Jesus, this man has been beaten senseless by so many people in this show. I, oh man. So he doesn't end because I remember at some point him being in a well, and at some point someone being like, "I'm gonna get you out of here," and he's like, "Just leave me." Like, he's like, um, "Does that?" That sounds familiar. You're probably. I, I, you're probably, yeah, I don't know. I, well, I, this is this is a problem I have too with. Um, is his leg broken? No, no. Here, go on. Go on. I don't know. With the inverse of this question, too, where I, I didn't know where a certain character's story ended. But anyway, that might actually be a good segue into that question, which is, what would you say, Pierce, is your most satisfying arc? The most satisfying arc. Well, again, Desmond, until until it's not. I wish it was Locke, but sadly, like, his arc gets truncated. And you and he 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 does, you know, you do see that he, he finally reaches some sort of peace at the end, but it's... That's a whole other thing. I think, you know what? I'm going to give the most basic answer. I'm going to say Jack. To see to see Jack go from an utter wreck of a, of a human being to just sort of just giving up and letting the island tell him what to do. That's not the right answer either. No, I, I mean, I, I actually, I agree with this a lot. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, I wrote, I wrote this down in a way that like, cause I, and I mean, obviously, I think on the rewatch, we'll figure it out. But I don't remember Jack really changing much in terms of a character for like the first three seasons. I think mm-hmm. he's pretty stagnant. 
and then there's the he makes this whole turnaround um and the closest i could think that i feel like isn't a stretch because they make this allegory at least once overtly is i feel like jack transitions from a moses to a christ um all right and this this is this is where uh lay it on me uh, here we go all right so i know they at least call him out at one point I, I forget what character does, but someone calls him Moses, and um, and bear bear with me because I my my old and New Testaments are it's probably Sawyer. Did Sawyer call him Moses? I I I, I want to tell you. I no, I don't know. Maybe he did. I <laughs> I feel like he gets called Moses. But point is, like my knowledge of Moses is mostly from DreamWorks, uh, the Prince of Egypt. But you know this idea of a guy who basically like being a leader is thrust upon him. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel that Jack is like for those first three seasons where it's like, you know, I know I remember he has a lineup. He's like, everyone's always asking me to make decisions and <laughs> fine. Whereas like uh, Jesus in one of the gospels that they cut, I remember he has that great quote that of course Christians don't want you to have, um, which is <laughs> Jesus. Uh, when someone's like, Oh, I want to follow you. I want to, I want to, you know, be one of your follow. And he's like, no, 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 be the Christ, not the Christian. And I feel like between that and like the whole, you know, lock thing basically uh, <laughs> inspiring him. So much of what Jack does once he, yeah, makes that turn to like go back to the island. Yeah, it's not about like, oh, this is what's good for everyone. He's like, no, I the island needs me. And it's like, if people follow him, it's like, okay, whatever. But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna follow this. This is my path. <laughs> and yeah, I, I think that his story ultimately is really satisfying. And of course, you know, since they call it out in the ending too of you know his dad's name is Christian Shepherd. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's and, one of those things like you were talking about before about it being very, very blunt at, at times where it's like his name is Shepherd. His his father's name is Christian Shepherd. And you're like, really? I Are you really doing this right now? Be the Christ, not the Christian. So it's like, and I feel like in the flash sideways, it's like, you know, he's being a dad that his never was. And it's like, oh, man, that's a- <laughs> I just, I just think, I think when I think of Jack, I think of him spending the latter half of this series, like from seasons like three through six of just those crazy eyes. Just what are you talking about? Jack? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I, um, I remember I there still- are a few things that we used to say to each other a lot. Um, and uh, <laughs> remember that was one. The other one was like, I don't know you, brother. We just yelled at each other from like across a room. I two two of the the dialogues that I really enjoy. And again, and sorry, in my notes, I have in here Sawyer as a satisfying arc, but like I don't remember what happens to him season six. He chills out um, is what happens to him. That's it is in a in a way it's satisfying. It's like that his like character arc kind of wraps up in season five, where it's like it happens during the time skip, where it's like Actually, he's doing good. Like he's got a good life with Juliet, and he's he's just chilling. That's also my most satisfying uh, plot arc is the Dharmaville. I, I think that was uh, just really? like from start to finish. Yeah. Oh, um, think about that. You know what's funny is that we've gone and we've we've been talking about this for an hour, and we haven't really talked about Locke at all. And I think that's really interesting because I think far and away Locke was the most interesting character, the most you know. You, you want to root for character for the longest time. And I think it's laudable what the show did and that they subverted our expectations like continually for this character because he, he shows up and he's a badass and then you find out, no, he wasn't a badass. Um, <laughs> he's trying to be a badass. But then the show, I feel like veered too far into he's really not a badass and he has a lot of issues and he's sad all the time. I remember reading an, an interview with Terry O'Quinn, the actor, where he's like, the one thing I told him was like, I was like, please, I don't want to do any more crying scenes. <laughs> and it's not that he's saying like he doesn't want to cry. Like obviously Locke can cry, but it's just, it, it got to a point where this character just becomes uh, such a, a, a loser. And and uh, not a loser in the sense of, like he's lame, but a loser like he just keeps losing. And he goes from this person who is who feels that he has faith in the island that he is he's spiritually led to he wants to be Jack he wants to be a leader but he he feels that they're you know we're there we're here for a reason he says it all the time and 
he just that just gets taken advantage of like again and again and again by either the man in black or Ben. And it's sad. Like his story ends up being really sad. And I think that it's good. I think that that's it's not the story you want for him, but it is a story. The way that his character arc ends is so sad. He hangs himself. He hangs himself because he couldn't he couldn't achieve the one thing he was supposed to do. And then in his one moment of like this of, of Ben being like, oh no, don't kill yourself, John. And he's just being like, okay, good, I have a friend. And then it turns and then he just is murdered. And that's the end of him. Like you think it's not. You think he does get resurrected, and you find out no. That's like that's never Locke. You know, from that point forward, like that's that's how John Locke's story ends. Is he he loses it, killing himself, and is murdered, and that's yeah. and that's it. And then he doesn't show up again in the show until the very end, when you know he's in he's in the afterlife. And, and to any list, I'm not laughing due to suicide. No, Obviously, I, that's tragic. I, I just put that the the yeah the the I I, I guess it's the the irony. Of, yeah, this like born miracle leader who fail who fails so bad. That All, always just, like constantly. Just to, so it doesn't sound like I'm laughing at it. Like it's <laughs> it, it to a point. Like in terms of talking about this retroactive, because I think Terry O'Quinn obviously is a, a tremendous actor, and yeah, I, I'm sure. Right when those scenes happen, I, I'm going to be sad, but like to the same degree that like, you know, Hurley's episodes in reality are, you know, horrifying. Like I'm like so many people, like people die. <laughs> if someone gets hit by an asteroid, like, but it's to the degree, so to such a, like a, a hyperbolic degree that it's like, I, it, I think, I, I think it's meant to be funny. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I don't, I don't think you're wrong for, for that. And so like, yeah, like in, in thinking about, not certainly the moment to moment of Locke, but like, yeah, I mean, yeah, when you think about his his character arc in a snapshot, like, yeah, it is a just genuine tragedy, start to finish. <laughs> um, and uh, it just, yeah, it's a, uh, but I, I will say that um, I have him down as the thing that I am most looking forward to in a rewatch. Yeah. Because, and there's a few reasons for it. One was, even though I think we're both in the same boat of like, yeah, he, Starts a loser, ends a loser. Wants to be special, isn't special. Like, oh, um, God. and even though I know that they very much so seemed as though they were writing the show by the seat of their pants, I do like the idea that both Jacob and the Man in Black are fighting over him. Mm-hmm. And literally, something that didn't cross my mind until we started talking about doing this podcast was I was like, you know, the island heals people. And we know, because we see it, uh, Jacob heals Locke's legs. But on the same day, in the plane crash, as his legs are healed, he's also scarred across mm. his eye. Hmm. And I was like, I wonder if you can read enough into this. No, like, And again, knowing this and watching the show now from start to finish, if like that could be viewed as symbolic of like, he's so focused on the fact that his legs are fixed, presumably from Jacob, doesn't realize that the man in black has marked it. Like, that he's like... <laughs> If his legs, if everyone's healed, but he gets scarred and that scar stays, like, I'm like, you know, I wonder if that's like, again, I know that they didn't know. I'm just, I'm interested to see, especially with him and the smoke monster, I, I'm I, I'm so curious to see how much of John is being pushed and pulled from those two opposing forces. Yeah. Well, to bring back your, your, your Christ uh, metaphor, and again, I, I don't know if this is just coincidence or if they were always meant for this to be, but John Locke, despite wanting to be the leader, ends up as a sort of John the Baptist role for the for Jack, who is Jesus. So like John the Baptist is this character who you know comes out of the woods and everyone is like, oh, he's a very holy man. You know, surely this is our Messiah. And, and John the Baptist is like, no. No, I'm just preparing the way for for the Messiah who will come. And that's and and John the Baptist is killed, of course. And so John Locke fulfills that too, where John John Locke wants to be the leader, but really what he is is he's the one who ends up preparing the way for Jack. You know, and the metaphor kind oh. of falls apart because John the Baptist never convinced Jesus that he was Jesus, or did he, depending on who you read. Um but <laughs> but it, it is very much 
John Locke does in a sense, and I don't know, I don't know how much I should get into this because it's the same kind of twisty, turny, you know, fan theorizing that got everybody into so much trouble back in the day. But like, you know, John Locke in a sense baptizes Jack, you know, in the in the the truth of the island, if you will. You know, nobody wants to be the you know, the the second guy. You want to be the first guy. But, you know, from a story perspective, John Locke is important, you know, just not in the way that he he wants to be. So I, I agree with you. I'm I am looking forward to that. There's a few things I'm not looking forward to to get to your other questions. Is like and that's everything to do with Michael. Because I always just feel that <laughs> You know, I think I think Harold Perrineau is a good actor. I think that he had so little to do, and I I feel that that show never treated him right. I think that they, you know, set up a really interesting arc when he, you know, he shoots Anna Lucia and um, oh, what's her name? Livy. Livy, thank you. And you're like, oh my god, you know what? Why? You know, has he been converted by the others? Like, what is what is this all about? And then to find out, he they didn't tell him to do that. He just did that because he was looking for like a distraction or something. I I know I'm not getting the details right here, but I feel like the show let down this character who you 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 think at the time is like making the ultimate sacrifice because he's trying to just get his son back, and then it turns out that the only defining characteristic of Michael is that he he wants his son back and never gets his son back. And then they just bring that character back literally to die. And he even says, I'm here to die in season four. Like it's everything about that character feels wrong to me. And I, I feel, I feel bad for the actor who had to do that role. I feel bad as uh, for the character who just, it feels like they really shortchanged him. Yeah. I, I know that that character arc was sort of, had to be cut short because Walt ended up, you know, growing like three feet. Oh, <laughs> like they just couldn't make that work. But all of that just feels really bad. That feels bad to me. Yeah, no, I, I, I I'm with you. I, I, I remember just he's definitely one of those characters who you just want to reach the screen and like shake and, uh, <laughs> you, you know, like get get it together, man. <laughs> get it together. <laughs> And again, like uh, to me, it still goes back to like the uh, the question of what, why does anyone want to get off the app? Because like again, like knowing that he he fought for custody of his child and but wasn't making enough money, it's like, hey, you're on an island. Money has no object here. Like you know, <laughs> like I, I think that's one of those characters that I'm like, yeah, I want to understand more of why why they why they're trying to get off the island. Well, I think for I think the the simple answer is that you know all of these characters want to go back to the world they know, right? And what the show reveals to us is that the world that all of these characters know is not working for any of them. And that really, you know, the island is a place where they can be whole, where they can, you know, mend the the things that, that are, are harming them. But they don't know that. And that's, and that's, you know, that's, that's, that's what we all feel sometimes. I think. <laughs> well, like, I, I think that's, little moments, that's little what... lost moments, like do a little sound effect. To take it back to to, to lock, I think that's one of the reasons why I'm also very curious to to look into because I, I was very much like if you were on you were either like Team Lock or Team Jack and I was very much mm-hmm. always on Team Jack. Oh, um, I was always Team Lock. Well, see, and there, yeah, and I, um, <laughs> with Lock, it does seem like if my memory serves, he's the only one who, when he lands on the island, is like, no one has to know I worked in a box company. Yeah, no one has to know that uh, my dad stole my kidney. Like he's like, you know what? I'm a hunter. I am going to be like, you know, he's, he's role playing. And like, yeah. again, that's exact. Yes. Of, he's role playing. That's exactly it. Yeah. And I, and I, I think that it's like, it's so neat that he embraces that. Um, even though again, like as we discovered, like, yeah, he doesn't, he, he can't escape the fact that he's a loser. Um, so <laughs> it feels, uh, it feels so bad to say that, but it's, yeah. <laughs> that's what the show tells us. <laughs> And yeah, and I, and I, you know, and I think that's why, like, you know, for Sawyer, it's certainly his character. And I really feel like we get the, the real glimpse of this at the end of season four when he jumps out of the helicopter, which still I'm excited to see that scene again because I, I, oh, I love that. It's great. It's a great um, you know, like he very much and especially like his like whole flashback of like the three years in, in Dharma. Like, I feel like he's someone too. like, even though he accepts the, the role of like Lafleur at that point. It really feels like that's the point where he like he's like, this is who I am. 
and it and it and it worked. And it's like, yeah, once they embrace that alter ego or the it's like you can be whoever you want to be. And like for Sawyer, it's not even necessarily like a con at that point. It's like, no, yeah, this is I I this is me. This is, you know, and like <laughs> and shredding the the Sawyerness of it. Similarly, on that sort of like note. There's a lot to unpack in this show. <laughs> <laughs> that that might be a good place to uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, I think that's the best place to end uh to end the first uh recording session. <laughs> Right. Um, <laughs> I, I, I am, I, yeah. Derek, man. would you say that oh you, in a way, are losing lost? I am, I am losing lost. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I do wonder how much of this is just going to unlock more memories of, of things that it's like, oh, yeah. What was I, cause you know, and I, I think that's what you touched on in the beginning too, in terms of walking through this, where like, yeah, like having the first season, being able to watch through in bulk. But being in very different places, not just geographically, but in life as each season came out. Yeah, absolutely. Because it was such a for me, I know, um, and I think for you as well, like it was just it was a very pivotal point because like starting it, you know, when I was first starting college, like that whole transition and then ending it once I, you know, finished college, I think it was like a year out when uh, yeah, because I graduated 2009, last season came out in 2010, you know, that whole chunk of time, like a lot of things, you know, happened. A lot of things went on and, uh, and lost in a way was, was my constant. Um, so <laughs> this is going to come. I mean, why not center the analysis on uh, the best episode? <laughs> anyway, um, I don't know how we do, do we do like a sign off? Do we say, do we say um, goodbye? You know, we'll I know do, it'll be just us like babbling and then it'll just be the sound of loss. Just like at the end of the episode, it goes. <laughs> <laughs>